0: Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We pray the Lord speaks to you as you hear His Word today. I want to welcome you to Bible Center. Thank you so much for joining us on TV, online, or uh, here in person. Thank you for uh, joining us for church. I'm Matt, the lead pastor here. If we haven't yet had the chance to meet, I would love to meet you very, very soon. Today I want to begin by showing you a video of a young couple that we baptized right here at church about a week and a half ago. I love this video. If I live to be 100, this is one of the memories uh, that I'm still going to have. Watch this video and enjoy it with me. All right, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon has put his faith in Jesus. He just shared his testimony with Uh, me and his wife and Travis Bowman and Sarah Bowman. And so I'll ask you, Brandon, what is your sacred confession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, in the commandment that Jesus gave us, the Great Commission, He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to do that now uh, with Brandon. Brandon, based upon your confession of faith and your love for Jesus Christ, I now baptize you. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in Christ. And praise the of life. I'm here with Kirsty, and we just baptized her husband Brandon. And Kirsty's turn to be baptized. We just heard Kirsty's testimony a few seconds ago. Uh, she shared it with her husband Brandon, shared it with me, shared it with Travis Bowman and Sarah Bowman, and got to hear about her walk with Jesus. And we're just so thankful for what God has done in her family and the foundation that she has in Jesus. Now that they're growing together, they're getting baptized together. And so, Kirsty, I want to ask you, what is your confession of faith? Jesus' is Lord. Amen. Amen. If you put cover up your nose there. Kirsty, based upon your testimony of faith and your love for Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> As you watch that video, it's possible that a number of questions came to your mind. If you're new to church or new to Christianity, your question might be, what in the world is going on? If you're a Christian who's heard something about baptism, maybe you've seen a baptism like this, and you're wondering, why is it all that important? Why should I be baptized? Or maybe you're a longtime Christian who's been baptized, but you've got questions. You've got questions about uh, why we at Bible Center don't baptize babies and why some churches do. And maybe you're wondering about why we dip people in the water instead of pouring or sprinkling. And so in the process of unfolding today's message, I'm going to actually give you seven reasons that baptism is important. And then I'm going to, in the process of that, share some of the answers to those questions. If I were to describe today's message, I would say that today's message is a lot like this meme. If you've seen this meme before of the different diagrams of the human brain, I want to say that today's message really starts out like this brain on top. It's not that the facts I'm gonna share are any less important, they're all equally important, but some of them are more intense than others. Some of them require a a little more thinking than others. And so as the message goes on over the next few minutes, we're actually gonna get to the place that our last point or our last couple points are going to be things that I trust will blow your mind like they've blown mine. Uh, There's no way we can fully comprehend everything the Bible says about baptism. And so I'm just going to put that out there at the very beginning of today's message. If it would help you to follow along with notes, feel free to check out the notes on the Bible Center app. You can download that app from any of your app stores. But again, there's a lot in the notes. And so I'll be referring to that a couple times throughout today's message. So why is baptism so important? Why is baptism so important? Number one, It's the first public act Christians are called to do after deciding to follow Jesus. Baptism is the first public act Christians are called to do after deciding to follow Jesus. You see, baptism isn't a work we do to make God like us or to earn our way to heaven. The good news is that God creates, but even though sin breaks, Jesus saves. Jesus came to save all things. I like to say that the gospel is the good news that the living God who demands perfection of all humankind sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to live a sinless life, to suffer and die on the cross as a substitute for our sins, absorbing the judgment we rightfully deserve to rise again, to ascend back into heaven and to grant forgiveness and righteousness and his spirit the moment anyone repents and believes. And so the question is this, do good works save us? The answer is no. And we're gonna put baptism in that same question. Baptism cannot save our souls, the act alone. You say, now, Matt, how do you know that? Well, there's a number of places in scripture that teach that, but one of the clearest examples is Luke 23. In Luke 23, you've got a man being crucified beside Jesus on a different cross this criminal on the cross, during the process of his crucifixion, he recognized that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, coming to die to pay for the sins of the world. And so he looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into the kingdom. And Jesus replied to him, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And so this man went to be with Jesus but he was never baptized. Baptism does not get us into heaven. However, Jesus does invite us to be baptized as soon as possible after we've put our faith in Christ. This is why we call it believer's baptism. First we believe, and then we're baptized. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12 says this, "'But when they believed Philip, As he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 16, 31 through 33 says this, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. This was Paul and his team. These were the preachers and the teachers saying, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to Paul, and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his household will, were baptized. I love that concept of immediacy. They were immediately baptized when they believed. They didn't wait a year They didn't wait a month, they didn't wait a week, they were immediately baptized. Baptism is such a powerful symbol of our faith. Occasionally a young mom or a young dad will will ask me the question if they can baptize their baby. Sometimes there's that assumption that if something tragic were to happen to their baby boy or their baby girl, there's this fear, would they go to heaven? If that's you, first of all, I want to assure you that Jesus calls our little ones to himself and that their baptism or their child dedication has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. That's entirely a a different sermon, but you don't have to worry about Jesus calling your little one to himself should something happen. But as for our church, we respect different traditions here at Bible Center. Though we respect different traditions, we've chosen instead to do child dedication. Typically, before the pandemic, we would line up here on the platform moms and dads and some grandparents, and we would dedicate their little ones to the Lord. We're asking the Lord to help us to raise them in the faith. We're asking the Lord to open their heart to faith when they come of age. And then of course, we're asking the church to get involved in their discipleship. It's a beautiful, beautiful service. And actually, we believe that we can have our next child dedication on Mother's Day this year. And so if you know a a parent, you know a mom or dad with a baby, uh, we would love to invite them to child dedication, but also dedicating the church uh, to supporting that family, that child in the faith. So why do we not baptize babies here at Bible Center? Well, because we don't see any evidence at all in the scriptures of any baby ever being baptized. There's no baby ever being baptized in the Bible. It's a tradition, a church tradition, that evolved later in church history. But in the Bible, believers baptism is the first act that Christians are called to do after deciding to follow Jesus. That's why we believe baptism is so important. Number two, why is baptism so important? Well, it's a public confession that we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a public confession that we believe the gospel. Jesus died on the outskirts of Jerusalem. You can actually go to that place You can touch the mountain where Jesus died. You can can see the place where Jesus died on that hill that we call Calvary. The first Christians, to the first Christians, that was a very special place. That was the place where the Lord paid for their sins. And they told their children about that place, and their children told their children about that place. And several hundred years later, Constantine's mom came to Jerusalem, and it was easily identifiable because of the people who lived there who were followers of Jesus knew exactly where the mountain was the hill was where Jesus was crucified but just down the hill from where he was crucified there's a tomb and there's a little bit of controversy about which exact tomb it may or may not have been but they believe that within just a few feet of each other they can pretty well tell the tomb where Jesus was laid to rest And it was the tomb where three days later, the stone was rolled away. And you can can see where the stone would have been. And of course, the tomb is empty. However, Jesus Christ did not just do that just for himself to do some divine magic trick. Jesus rose from the grave to give us new life, to give us everlasting life, to prove, yes, that he is God in the flesh but it's not just his death, but it's his resurrection that saves us. And so whenever we're baptized, what we're declaring is that we believe in the death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter two and verse 12 says this, "'Having been buried with him in baptism "'in which you were also raised with him "'through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. This is why here at Bible Center, we practice baptism by immersion. That means that we put a person completely under the water and then instantly bring them right back up again. Now, do we teach that it's the absolute only way that any Christian anywhere in the world can ever be baptized? The answer to that question is no, no. It's just the way that we believe best reflects the scriptures here in terms of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Not only do we believe that it best represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but we believe it's an accurate picture of the word baptize itself. Let me tell you what I mean. The word baptize is a transliteration of a Greek word. It's the word baptizo that simply means, although not exclusively, but mostly, it means to dip, soak, plunge, or immerse. Originally, the word baptize in the Greek language was used to describe people who drowned or ships that had sank. We even have a recipe. Historians have found a recipe from 200 B.C., from a Greek physician by the name of Nicander. And he, he said, baptize, baptizo, the cucumbers in vinegar. Now, if you've ever made pickles, you know you don't sprinkle vinegar on the cucumbers. You dip them, you immerse them, you plunge them into the vinegar. And so in just about every instance in the Bible, we find that when someone was baptized, many times it says they went down into the water. Now, I guess it's possible. This is why we're not completely dogmatic. I guess it's possible that they could have gone down into the water and somebody could have taken a cup or a laver and have poured the water over top of them after they walked down into the water. And I have friends who take that interpretation. But John chapter three in verse 23 says this, that John also was baptizing at a certain place because there was plenty of water. So John only baptized in places where there was plenty of water. You don't really need plenty of water to sprinkle or pour, but you do need plenty of water to put someone under the water and to bring them back out. Today, I did a funeral for one of our, 93, one of our men who is 93, unfortunately passed away of COVID, And we did a funeral with his dear widow, who herself is 92, and the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. It was a beautiful time, but when we laid his body to rest, we, we put it in the ground. And so in the same way, we believe that the death of Christ is best pictured when we go under the water, but then the resurrection is best pictured when we come up out of the water. But... As a non-denominational church, and we are a non-denominational church, our elders and pastors recognize that there is a biblical case to be made for other forms of baptism. So we do not make it a gospel issue. We don't make it a contentious issue. We don't make it a separation issue. Going forward, we don't want to make it a membership issue, but we see that as long as a Christian, were after, if they were baptized, even if it was with a different form of baptism after they've put their faith in Christ, that such as if they use sprinkling or pouring, that Christian is no less spiritual than those who are immersed. Let us be careful not to think that our way is the only way or that someone else is not as spiritual as us. I put a few references in your notes just to try to bring some unity to the body of Christ in this way. Lord willing, it's in our distinctives. You'll see those rolled out shortly. But Lord willing, as long as I'm the lead pastor here at Bible Center, we plan to follow those distinctives and I only plan to baptize through immersion. But we're so thankful for other Christian brothers and sisters around the world who don't always do things exactly the way we do them. But again, baptism is a public confession that we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, why is baptism so important? Number three, it's a public symbol that our sins have been forgiven. Baptism is a public symbol that our sins have been forgiven. Baptism is like a multifaceted diamond. It has multiple spiritual implications and illustrations. Another picture that we see in baptism is that our sins have been forgiven. The water, as it washes off of our bodies, is symbolic of the sin that Jesus has washed away. For the early church, this seems to be, and I say early church, I'm talking about the first century church some 2,000 years ago. For the early church, it seemed that after someone put their faith in Christ, they wanted them to be baptized as soon as possible. The apostles were eager for everyone to have this living illustration that when they put their faith in Christ, their sins had been washed away. Titus chapter three and verse five gives us that picture. It says, Jesus saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. So hopefully that makes sense, this idea of washing of rebirth. You see that symbolism in baptism. Baptism does not provide a spiritual washing but it does provide us with a physical symbol of a spiritual reality. It is a spiritual, physical symbol of a spiritual reality. I wear on my left hand my wedding band. Sarah and I have been married 21 years. Now, there are times when I might take this wedding band off is isn't very often because I don't do a lot of of the work on our cars around the house. You wouldn't want me working on your car. But there have been times when I've been working, especially in college, working in the machine shop shortly after I was married, I'd have to take my wedding ring off. It was required, a company policy. But when I take my wedding ring off, it doesn't mean that I'm no longer married. It just means that the symbol is not there to tell others that I'm married. And so someone who's put their faith in Christ but not yet been baptized, it doesn't mean that they're not a genuine Christian. It just means that they lack the symbol that shows that they've put their faith in Christ. And so baptism is a public symbol that our sins have been forgiven. Why else is baptism so important? Well, number four, baptism is a public testimony that we've been reborn and that God is changing us from the inside out. It's a public testimony that we've been reborn and that God is changing us from the inside out. The water of baptism, we need to understand this as Christians, not only pictures our initial salvation through the washing away of our sins, But it also symbolizes in the Bible ongoing transformation whereby the Spirit washes us and transforms us daily. This is the second part of Titus 3.5. At the end of it, he says, Jesus saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, not because of our baptism, not because of our church membership, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth." and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. This idea of renewal, this is what's happening to us after we put our faith in Christ. So if you've put your faith in Christ five minutes ago, Jesus has been renewing you. He's been transforming you. Oh, he already washed away your sins the moment you put your faith in Christ. But he's transforming you. He's changing you. He's renewing us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Titus, Paul writing to Titus there a moment ago is pointing out that baptism, the washing of baptism is not only symbolic of our sins being washed away, but it's symbolic of continual renewal. If you've put your faith in Jesus five days ago, five weeks ago, five years ago, or five decades ago, you are still being transformed And your baptism points to that reality. So why is baptism so important? It's a public testimony that we've been reborn and that God is changing us from the inside out. Now, why else is baptism important? Number five, baptism, I love this one, is a public celebration that we are part of Jesus's spiritual family. It's a public celebration that we are part of Jesus' spiritual family. So baptism isn't just a solo sport. Baptism is a team sport. It's intended to remind us that we're a part of something bigger. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, Matthew says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now let's go back a slide, back to Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came to who? Jesus came to the apostles. Jesus came to the early church. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he says, Jesus, Now you go and make disciples of all nations. We as a church have no problem believing that this part is for all of us. All of us are called to make disciples. We have no problem believing that. But for some reason, we think that we do this, but then it's up to the clergy to do the baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now I am thankful that I get to do baptisms, and I'm thankful that I'll, Lord willing, probably get to do most or many of the baptisms along with our shepherding staff here at the church. But be assured that in church history, baptism is not only reserved for the clergy. This is something we can do together. There are times when you lead somebody to Jesus, you lead a coworker or a family member to Jesus. According to the Bible, there is nothing preventing you from baptizing them. We'd love to help you with that as a church, but we understand that in a congregation, especially during a church service, when we do baptisms after the pandemic again in a church service, that there's no way that we could get a hundred different people in the tank baptizing another hundred different people. And so the way we've chosen to do it at Bible Center is I typically say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody in the congregation holds up their hand and they say that with me. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love the symbolism of that because it's a picture that we do it together. The church is given the call of discipleship and the church is given the call of baptism. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles or slave or free, we were all given one Spirit to drink. Now, when it comes to our children, one of the questions that I sometimes get is, Pastor Matt, how old should my children be before I baptize them? How old should they be before they, they apply for baptism? And the question, that's a good question, but the Bible never gives a specific age, ever. The Bible doesn't say, wait till you're 12, wait till you're 10, wait till you're 18, wait till you're 16. The Bible doesn't give a specific age. But the scriptural principle is that they need to be old enough to profess faith in Christ on their own and to evidence that faith with some kind of changed allegiance or changed love. Here's a few quick principles that may help you with your children, uh, help you with your grandchildren, just like they've helped Sarah and I uh, with our children. The first principle is this. These are all in your notes, by the way always celebrate your child's faith in Jesus. Always celebrate your child's faith in Jesus. I learned this from Dr. MacArthur. He, he says that whenever John MacArthur mentions that when a child may come and say, mommy and daddy, I, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to be a Christian. You celebrate that. You cheer that on. And then a month later, they come back, Mommy and Daddy, I want to be a Christian. I want to put my faith in Jesus. You say, what do I do? You don't look at them and you don't say, well, you already did that. No, Romans 1 says the just shall live by faith. And so celebrate that again. That's wonderful, Johnny. That's wonderful, Susie. We're so glad you're putting your faith in Jesus. I honestly don't remember the, I don't know, I should say, the exact time that I became a Jesus follower. By God's grace, I was raised with a godly mom and a godly dad. And, and I don't know if I was four, was I six, was I 10, was I 12, was I 20? There were just multiple occasions where I, I had this new experience of faith. But I know this, I know my faith is in Jesus Christ. And I've been baptized to show evidence of that faith. A second principle that you could write down is this, model what it looks like to follow Jesus yourself. Model what it looks like to follow Jesus yourself. Apologize when you do something wrong. Repent, love your spouse, love your children, love your neighbors. So model what discipleship looks like. You can help them follow Jesus in an age appropriate way. Of course, we don't expect a six-year-old to follow Jesus in the same way a 60-year-old follows Jesus, but in an age-appropriate way. What did Jesus say about the two biggest commands? Love God, love your neighbor. We can teach a six-year-old to love God and love their neighbor. We can teach a 16-year-old. It may be hard, but we can teach a 16-year-old to love God and love their neighbor. And the same is true with the 60-year-old. And then I did wanna mention one last principle, and it's simply this, don't pressure them to be baptized. Let the Lord convict them and urge them and encourage them to be baptized. Don't pressure them to be baptized. I can say in the 19 years that I've been doing this, I have had so many counseling conversations with someone who said, well, I prayed a prayer because mommy wanted me to pray a prayer or I got baptized because daddy said I had to get baptized, but it didn't really mean anything to them. So I wanna encourage you, just allow the spirit to work. I remember we almost discouraged our daughters from being baptized, uh, maybe even too much. Katie, our oldest, there was a season there where she had put her faith in Jesus. I think she was about 10 or so and, and she wanted to be baptized. And so we said, well, okay, honey. And usually it came at night, right before bed. We said, okay, sweetheart, let us know in the morning if you still want to be baptized. And so the morning would come and she would forget. And then a little bit later, she would bring it up again. I want to be baptized. And we'd say, okay, well, tell us tomorrow you know, if you want to be baptized. And finally, there was one church service. I think she was like 11 or 12 One church service, we were sitting here in the service and she looks over at me and she asks this question. She had just seen baptism service. She said, Daddy, why do you, or why does God command me to do something that you and mommy won't let me do? Why does God command me to do something that you and mommy won't let me do? Instantly, we signed her up for baptism. Needless to say, she got baptized. So baptism is a public celebration that we're part of Jesus' spiritual family. Number six, why is baptism so important? It's a public illustration. This one will require some thinking. You can study this on your own even more later, but it's in your notes, that Jesus is the only ark that can save us from the flood of God's judgment to come. It's an illustration that Jesus is the only ark that can save us from the flood of God's judgment to come. Now, remember the meme of the brain, the brain meme illustration. As we were nearing the end of the message, these last couple of points will require some intense thought and some intense study. But in Genesis chapter 7, God records the historical biblical account of the worldwide flood. According to Jesus, the flood and the ark and Noah were literal... But Peter picks up on that literal event and applies it figuratively to baptism. He uses a real event to give us a spiritual illustration. Notice what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 20. He said, God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And in, in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water, and this water symbolizes baptism. I mean, this is right out of God's Word. He says that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If I were writing the Bible, I never would have come up with this illustration. But aren't you thankful? I'm thankful I didn't write the Bible. God did. And in this passage, he says that just as as Noah was saved through the waters of judgment by the ark, we were saved from the waters of sin by Jesus. And when we go under the water of baptism and come back out, it is a living illustration that God has saved us just like he saved Noah's family. Number seven, number seven and finally, why is baptism so important? Here it is. It's so important because in a way that we can't fully understand, baptism provides a spiritual connection between heaven and earth where the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are more deeply experienced. It's in a way that we can't understand. It provides some kind of spiritual connection between heaven and earth. I was looking this week at some of the artwork and stained glass work of the church from years gone by. And over and over again, you see this illustration of heaven or the spiritual realm being like a circle above. We don't heaven's not an outer space, but it's in that through the veil. It's in that outer realm. And then some of that stained glass and artwork would show earth in a circle right below the circle of heaven. And in between in that artwork over and over again in the church, you would actually see where those two circles connect one of two images, either baptism or communion, baptism or communion. We see this kind of spiritual connection even in Jesus' baptism. There in Matthew 3 and Mark 1 and Luke 3, you have the Father speaking to Jesus. You have the Spirit descending on Jesus at His baptism. There's something going on, at least in Jesus' baptism. But Paul makes the case that there's actually something going on in our baptism as well. Romans chapter 6 is one of these passages that no one can fully explain. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We believe that we will also live with him, live with Christ. You say, Matt, what does that passage mean? I honestly have no idea. I guess I have few ideas, but I really can't say for sure. I thought I knew what that passage meant 20 years ago when I was in Bible college. I was dogmatic I knew what that passage meant. But as I study the scriptures, the wording in Romans 6 is so strong and it's so participatory that it's, it's supernatural. I don't fully expl- understand it and I can't fully explain it. But I do know this. I do know that in a way that we can't fully comprehend, baptism provides a spiritual connection between heaven and earth where the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are deeply, deeply experienced. I've seen it over and over again as a pastor. There's something moving when you go into the water and you're brought back to newness of life. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. You say, Matt, what's the takeaway of today's message? Here's the takeaway be baptized over baptism weekend. Be baptized on baptism weekend. We have a baptism weekend coming up February 25th, that's a Thursday, through Sunday the 28th. And there's multiple opportunities over that four-day period. There's actually 41 different time slots you can sign up for to be baptized. And I never in my wildest dreams thought we would ever do it this way, but because of COVID, We want to make sure that there's not too many people huddled in one area and make sure the water's chlorinated and all those things that are far out of of my wheelhouse. But we're going to have an entire weekend where your family, your your friends, uh, a few or as many as you want to bring can come and celebrate your baptism. You say, how do you do that? How do I sign up? Well, right now on the app, or at BibleCenterChurch.com, right there on the homepage, you can sign up for small, mini baptism services. It's first come, first serve. And if we run out of 41 slots, we will uh, open up some more. But we want to encourage you to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Even if during this message, you put your faith in Christ, follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Imagine with me, at that event here in a few weeks. I like to imagine a young man coming to be baptized and his friends gathered around him, just rooting him on. I picture a young woman coming to be baptized and her mom and dad coming to take pictures and root her on. I picture a a little boy and a little girl maybe being baptized at the same time. I, I picture a couple, a man and a woman, coming and being baptized at the same time. I picture a student who who won another student to Jesus in in their school. I picture him or her coming and and cheering as as their friend is baptized. You say, Matt, why are we making such a big deal about baptism? Well, the answer is simple. Because it's the first public act Christians are called to do after deciding to follow Jesus. It's a public confession that we believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is a public symbol that our sins have been forgiven. It's a public testimony that God is changing us. It's a public illustration that Jesus is the ark that saved us from the flood of God's judgment. It's a public celebration that we're part of God's family and in a way that we can't fully comprehend and in a way that I certainly can't explain, baptism is is a way to spiritually participate in and supernaturally experience the presence of God. Join us for Baptism Weekend. Sign up today to be baptized. For more information, visit us at BibleCenterChurch.com or check us out on social media. You can also join us in person for services on Thursday at 7 p.m., or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m.